no. Pod episode 21, where we always discuss the latest Nebraska issues. I'm April, and I'm here today with my co hosts Stephanie and Melody. Let's get started. How are you guys? Wonderful. I'm doing well. How are you, April? I'm all right. I'm all right. I haven't, I missed the last couple episodes. I went to Iowa to visit my grandmother. Um, just don't want to miss it. So just my sister and I drove up there to see her. And you guys did, I think, a couple episodes in one weekend while I was gone. Well, the thing is, I thought you actually got fired from the pod. So I was surprised to see you. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was on a sabbatical. April, we need her for the introductions. She's way better than either of us. That's true. She's got Maloney. that good, like, librarian voice going on. Baloney. Yes, love it. I'll, actually, my son today was saying, I have a girl voice like that. And I was like, that's not a, that's not how it works. Listen to my voice. My voice isn't like that. <laughs> yeah. He's anyway. so cute. He's lost a bunch of teeth. So he looks like a jack-o'-lantern. That's, that's our big thing around here. It's a really fun phase. Um, I have to say, I think we don't have a lot of time to discuss the legislature. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's lots of commentary and it's all in the paper. But I, I want to say for the record, a couple things. One, I am 100% stand with Senator Ernie Chambers. Uh, white women do not get to use black men as political props and then claim victimhood when those black men are mad. You just yeah. don't get to do it. Also, she's not even elected. Julie Slama is not elected. She is appointed. That's right. So that's a whole kind of thing. So I totally stand with Senator. We don't need any. We don't need any. No slama drama. No. <laughs> also, uh, I want this to. This is a no slama drama llama over here. <laughs> I want to give a big fuck you to any man who tries to weaponize systems in place to keep women safe from oppression at work. Senator Groney. A woman calling you sunshine for two years is not sexual harassment. No. Okay, thanks. You're the meanest Grinch alive. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's mm-hmm. the nicest thing someone could say to you is call you a sunshine. Yeah. Um, you're a grumpy old man. Claim sexual harassment for that. He's so pathetic. I almost feel sorry for him. And then I have to remember that oh. he's such, he's just terrible. So and no, it doesn't go that, that, that far for me. Yes. <laughs> They had their little hissy fit, and now they had to go home early to Mm -hmm. cool off, which means they lost legislative time, and starting over Monday. Next. We got off track, though. Melody and Stephanie, how have you been? I feel awesome watching, like, Ernie Chambers every day in the legislature. It just, I, I don't know, it will, I hope the remaining senators and the ones that are newly elected are taking notes because that is actually what righteousness, ethics, 
principles, that's what it looks like on the floor of the legislature. And I hope that they are taking notes. It's up to them. Mm-hmm. I hope nobody tries to cross Melody or ask her to do anything she wants to, doesn't want to do because she has been feisty. <laughs> she ain't taking shit from no one. <laughs> the only person I'm taking it. shit from is Marigold the puppy. She don't even want opinions? Nope. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Stephanie? You know, just gardening away over here. Working, gardening, chasing after my child and her kitten, which is adorable. It's a really. Oh my God, I met the kitten. I want to eat it up. It's so cute. It's so chill. It it needs on things. And I made a comment that it was making biscuits and Shelby didn't get what I was saying. And so she's like, are you making cookies? Are you making little cat food muffins? And it's adorable. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Well, speaking of your garden, uh, we get to see your corn. Yes. We had to stage a little photo to celebrate. You want to tell them, Melody? We are going to, we'll put the picture, actually, uh, Stephanie, I'm pretty sure I'm waiting for your boyfriend who told me he would drop my, box me some photos last night. He, are you looking at comments instead of drop boxing me photos? We, we totally comment. drew that. We <laughs> pictures of the comment. And it was really because it was a comment and then underneath it was a cool storm. So it was like lightning, a cool moon, and we got to see the comment. So yes. Well, he better drop box those two as proof. So. Oh. I'm coming after him. You know what? Maybe that can be the Patreons can get a picture of the magical and the comet. He would probably do that for you. He likes you. Well, so the big celebration is we have hit 3,000 listeners on the pod. Celebration music. Celebration music. (laughs) It took us 20 episodes and we've hit 3,000 listeners. We are... Sorry for any time that we were boring and we're just so thankful you hang with us and you listen to what we have to say, what we have to think. And more importantly, the really, really incredible guests that we bring on. And Mm -hmm. like today we're bringing on Natalie Wise and um, we're bringing on this man, Jordan. They were both involved in some Omaha protesting this weekend. And, you know, this is the kind of stuff we can do because you support our work and you listen. And so, and so the, it's cool stuff. So the whole corn thing, right? Like that's part of the Seeing Red logo is the corn stuck skiatine. So we had to take a picture by the corn. So that's really weird, but that's what we did. And it'll make more sense when you see it. on our Also, shout out to Eileen's Cookies, who I was like, can you make yeah. this logo of a corn guillotine on a cookie? <laughs> and they were like, yep. Like it was nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> and it's gorgeous. We'll put it in the picture. You'll see. It's so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And it was tasty. Also tasty. I heard it had low gluten. <laughs> April, we tried. We <laughs> didn't have gluten-free cookies. I tried. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Um, also, when Stephanie cut up the cookie and made us all take a piece home, she said she gave me the piece of the cookie that had the blade on and it just gave me the warm fuzzies to think I got the guillotine blade to take home thank you I love you I love you too somehow the children talked me into giving them two pieces today so we don't have much left anymore my child's forgotten about it so hopefully 
my boyfriend just eats the whole thing because <laughs> she'll be needs no frosting in her life. Tell him he can have a cookie when he sends me those pictures on Dropbox. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I am well, tired of person. waiting. I want to talk to Natalie. I'm going to, I'm going to call her and Jordan in. Okay, great. All right. Today we're interviewing Natalie Weiss and Jordan Corbin. Natalie is an activist, organizer, and recently a candidate for LD46 in Lincoln, Nebraska, which covers the university. Jordan is a tired guy with a vision of what Omaha should look like, who was arrested in the July 25th March for justice for James Scurlock. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having us. So... Natalie, I know you have been at the forefront of a lot of work around bail that is happening Mm -hmm. after marches. And Jordan, you were actually marching and was a person who needed bail (laughs) to get out of jail. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to talk to both of you because you have such different perspectives of what is going on in our state so would you mind telling us from your vantage point kind of what what happened? Last night was July 25th. It was a Saturday. We're recording this on Sunday. What happened on Saturday night in Omaha? Okay, absolutely. Well, so basically, overall, it was your typical protest. There was no intent of anything, you know, any negative action. I came out in shorts. Typically, if there's a situation where I need to really worry, I feel like, I would wear more. It was, everything was relaxed. We were protesting down Farnham and, you know, just chanting, doing our thing. And we were tired. We were ready to go back. And as we were walking back, we came on the Farnham Bridge and they surrounded us. They, you know, pulled up in front of us and were like, this is an unlawful protest. And uh, you are all under arrest as of right now. And so, you know, in my mind, I'm just thinking, well, this is stupid. They're not really going to do this. And, and I'm listening to Bear and he's like, we, this is a peaceful protest. We are just trying to get to our cars. He, and, and they were just like, people, I just, I was hearing people saying, you know, keep walking, keep pushing, but we were just waiting, you know, and they just bum rushed Bear and took him down to the ground and put him in a headlock. And all of us were screaming about how, you know, that was messed up. What are you guys doing? Stop doing that. Um, um, Sorry to interrupt you, but who is Bear? Bear, um, he is, he's essentially the organizer of this. There's no leader to Black Lives Matter, but we're all doing our part. And he is a big part of pro-Black. And he seems to be the person that you know, is is the one that is kind of rallying everybody. He always has a speaker and he's always starting the chance. He's just kind of the one with the heart right now of everything. What's crazy about it is that even when we were walking back and at the point we were at, Bear wasn't chanting. It was people in the back that were chanting because he was tired. Like we were pretty much done protesting. You know, we were right by our cars where we started off at. Basically, Bear ended up getting tackled and taken down and then there was a man on a bike and I forgot his name unfortunately there's just been so much that happened throughout this but um he ended up he was one of our guides and he ended up um getting like bum rushed and taken down and because he ended up getting taken down I guess 
they thought all of us were too close or something. So they just unloaded on us. No violence ended up starting anything. There was no negative interaction or anything. There was no purpose to any of like the the violence or anything. We were just literally about to go home. And so when, you know, when this, when it escalated to that point, we ended up essentially like, like I was shot up, all right? Again, I was shot up because of the fact that he ended up getting taken down. And um, he ended up, uh, or, or when I when I was shot up, I wasn't even feeling it because I was live streaming the entire thing. You can actually see it in the live stream, by the way. Um, and uh, like, I didn't feel it until they ended up actually coming over and zip tying us. And when they did, it was just like unbearable almost because my stomach was just like welted and hurting really bad. It got to the point where I started stinging and like kind of screaming and reacting to it. And the cops, well, this one cop came up to me and he was like, are you good? Are you cool or whatever? And I was like, no, I need help. So they got an ambulance after about 45 minutes to an hour uh, and when, when I kept asking and begging them to do so. And the thing is, is I'm not going to blame it on the cop himself because the cop called the ambulance immediately. The ambulance just didn't come for about 45 minutes to an hour. And it was just, I couldn't even open my eyes, you know, like I, it was, it was crazy, but the ambulance came and they ended up putting saline on my forehead. And when they put the saline on, you know, it kind of dripped down into my eyes. So it got a little rough, a little, a little rougher, but then they were like, Oh, it's not a big deal. Don't stress it or anything. It's going to be fine. And they got my stomach because my stomach was hit so hard. And I ended up, they gave me a pad to wipe it down, but it ended up leaking down into my boxers. So essentially peppermint was in my boxers. It was the worst pain I've ever experienced in my entire life, pretty much. And it lasted, yeah, it lasted for like two hours. It was horrible, worst pain I've ever experienced. Anyways, throughout all of this pain that I'm going through, we ended up, uh, they ended up saying, okay, well, you're hurt now, so you need to go to the infirmary, so we're going to end up putting you on the first, the next cruiser that's available. They put me in the cruiser. The police, that I, I don't remember the name of the officer that ended up driving us back, but he just blamed us. Like, it was absolutely, he was completely indifferent to any of the situation. It was just like, you shouldn't have been out at the time you were out in the middle of the street. Like, did you think there were going to be no repercussions and just kind of like absolutely dismissing us? And, you know, the I, I, we were in a cruiser and there was a girl next to me and I remember her arguing and I was just like, there's no point in arguing because he doesn't give a crap about anything we have to say. Um, and she was just asking questions like, do you like Black Lives Matter? And how do you feel about Jake Gardner? Blah, 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 blah. And he, he didn't want to comment on anything, but he definitely wanted to scold us on everything. You know, so it was just kind of like a little condescending and a little bit of a power play almost to just kind of talk crap as opposed to give your real opinion, you know, like, of course, I, I it's that's irrelevant. In reality, the negative negativity and the attitude that I feel for for that person is relevant. But essentially what ended up happening, we ended up getting into a um, I don't know, like I we they took us out of the car. We ended up, you know, walking over to the little garage area or whatever. And what one thing that was interesting to me was that the cop that I ended up speaking to as we were walking inside, um, like in the waiting area, he didn't even know why we were getting taken in. 
there wasn't any communication with the station and what was actually happening. Some of them even thought that there was violence happening because they just assumed so. They're like, we like peaceful protests, blah, 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 blah. But they didn't even know literally nothing provoked it, you know? So it's just looking at it from that perspective. It's like, what did they tell them? Did you get a sense that like, it's not up to cops to like or not like what the public is doing? Yeah, that's the thing. It's not your job to do likable things. Right. That's the thing. ACAB is not about all people being bad. It's about all cops are bad because what they defend and the things that they are justifying because of their law is messed up. Like, that's the problem. The things that they are justifying, the system they are justifying is messed up because the things that happen that I'm going to explain next to me were pretty messed up. It was almost like there there was not really any way there was nothing that they were willing or able to i guess really do i guess while i was going through the pain that i was and i'm like suffering from you know pepper spray in my crotch and you know i'm just sitting here damn near on the 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 verge of tears and everybody's just walking past and i'm just like please can you push me to the front can you do anything that you can possibly do to make this easier? No response from anyone. Anyone, You have to go through due process, blah, 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 blah. And obviously, you know, I'm not a special person, but if you're seeing somebody who's suffering from this kind of pain, can you, can you give me an Advil? Can you give me an ibuprofen? An excuse after excuse. One of them told me that they wouldn't even give me an ibuprofen because of um, it not being a prescription or something, but I ended up getting one anyways. I don't know. And again, I don't know if that was a situation where they were just like, well, we're going to give you this as to break the rules or if it was procedure, but it was just like, still just like, why would that ever be okay to not give somebody an ibuprofen if they're in the amount of pain I was? I'm, I, I'm serious. But anyways, I end up getting in there and we're all in this waiting room. You know, there's, there's the waiting room and then there are cells. There's like the first cell, which is the boy, the men's cell. There's, three cells in between that are like isolation essentially the last cell is the girl's cell and the girl's cell is closest to like the stairs where people go upstairs and you know if you're in a situation or whatever where you're gonna stay here for multiple nights i suppose that would be that would be where you get sent but so the thing is all right so we were all waiting in these areas and there was no communication for hours really like People were just getting brought in very slow, very, very, very slow. So here's where things started getting weird. So uh, there was an overflow and the girls ended up needing to go to like, all right. So in the cell, there's the side, which is the waiting room. And then on the other side, there's another waiting room, which is right before where people go to trial or whatever with the actual judge. And they ended up trying to rig that place for beds, which we were already scared because we were like, there's no way they're going to keep us overnight. But the girls ended up walking in there because they were like about to knock out or they were going to let give them some rest time or something. And they ended up, I ended up waving at them, a couple of them, because I knew them because they were protesters too. And they put me in solitary for three hours with no water. And when we kept asking for it, because it, it was me and my friend Calvin, Calvin Gravy, we were in solitary and they brought in another person. And unfortunately I keep forgetting his name, but as they brought him in, I was like, Hey, is there anything you can do as of right now to get us some water? We have no water here. Like we need water. Like 
I just got, you know, I'm, it's, I'm still shook from everything that just happened and my body is still recovering and I'm freaking thirsty. Give me some water. I've never, I didn't get a response the entire time, you know, like they just would walk in and just close the door on us. We would knock, ask, and we would be like, yo, the water's not working. And they would look at us, close the door. It's like, why, are you, why even open the door if you're not going to do anything? And it was four or five people who ended up doing this for three hours. And my friend Calvin is just losing it just because he's in here. And um, we're, we're all really losing it, you know? We're all losing it. But anyways, um, we ended up finally getting out. But what she said when we were wa- getting walked out, she was like, did you guys learn your lesson yet? And I'll remember that, you know? Because lesson, like, I'm, like you're, are you my teacher or something? What lesson is there to teach me after after you just assaulted me, shot me up, and you you're gonna put me away in in freaking isolation for waving at a friend of mine, you know? And remember remember the is basic. that why you got put in solitary because you waved at yeah. somebody? Yeah, I waved at the girls, and me and Calvin got put in solitary. All right, yeah. we we waved at them, and and the crazy thing even about that. The basis of what I'm saying is this is all stemming from walking on the street, exercising your First Amendment right, period, speaking out against injustice. That's all we were doing. Remember all of this. Remember all of this. This is the system. Because when you think about a system that is built on oppression and justifying things that are unacceptable, we were walking on the street and we were literally locked up, pepper bulleted and thrown to the ground like we're and put in cages like zoo animals and on top of that anyway anyways let me go back to it's also important to you know it is the system and also what you experienced a really minor infraction maybe even not even infraction waving at another person you were not guilty the system has not convicted you of a crime Mm -hmm. it charged you with something a police officer thought perhaps you did something uh, that was chargeable, but that does not make you guilty. And this is how we treat legally innocent people is what you experienced. Yeah. A legally yeah. innocent person. Right, right. I mean, that's the basis of it. That's because I'm telling you, we're, nobody is out here because we want to be. We're out here because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're going to do the right thing because that innately, that is what our intent is, period. We're, when, when you're seeing some, when, it, when an unjustifiable act happens, you're going to do everything you possibly can. I mean, that, that's what I'm going to do. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why we're out there and that we're like-minded. So we're all out there doing that. So walk me through, when you guys found out you were spending the night in jail, we didn't did find they stay- out. Or you just got stuck there and they just never told you? Every two hours, they were like, all right, well, we're figuring it out. We're figuring it out. And it wasn't until the morning that we found out that there was a problem with the system, which, by the way, on the other hand, we were hearing from other people that they were just not allowing people to go in in order to be able to pay cash or use a card in order to be able to bail people out. You know what I'm saying? So this is, there has been so many, there were, all these things we're hearing, right? People were, some of, some people were being put in orange suits because if you were put in an orange suit, typically it would mean that you're spending a period of time in there overnight. Not all of us were put in orange suits. So the people like me who have been here, we're like, what the hell is happening? Are we going to stay or are we going to leave? 
and then they're telling us every two hours and then we got people who are who got in at the same time of with the, as us with orange suits and we're just like okay well are is this you know is are, are they going to make them stay for a really long period of time and why the hell am i still here because my bail is made you know what i'm saying like nothing happened no there's no communication until the morning when they ended up tell us, telling us about these problems that the system was having. And it's like a couple hours, a couple hours, a couple hours. It won't be that long. And then there was this woman who I ended up speaking to who re-explained everything and was like, she, she, I, she was pretty rude. She was like, or I was like, how long do you think it's going to be? She's like, it's probably going to be a couple of hours. Do you see how many people there are here? Do you see how many people you guys brought? Like, again, you, woman, this is, this is a protest. You're just the one who decided to lock us up. We ain't got to be here. We didn't do anything. Y'all decided to do that. Blame whoever the hell thought that this was a good idea. You know what I'm saying? You want to complain about all this? All we did was the right thing. That's all we did. You can't convince me different. Jordan, you know? how long do you think it was between when someone posted your bail and when you actually got out? And how much was your bail? My bail was $500 and it took at least nine hours. I'll say eight or nine hours. I'll say eight or nine hours. So the the woman that I'm I was about to describe is the one who ended up telling me my bail is already posted and paid, and I'm it's time for me to go. And when I spoke to her, that was when she was blaming all of this on us. And at that point, she was saying yes, all this paperwork and blah 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 blah. But she still didn't tell me that there was the system issues that were happening. It was afterwards where there was this other woman that I spoke to that was like from this period to this period, there are typically system issues that happen on Sunday. So the IT is trying to work it out. And it was just, we're hearing all of these things from all of these avenues of people like, oh, we just have more work to do. And then we have cops that are just walking back and forth, putting papers back and forth, like, like while we're just sitting here, ignoring people that are knocking on doors, like just so you know as well, there were two trans girls that were in there. I don't know how long they were in there, but they were in solitary the whole time damn near damn near they got out after me you know so i'm looking at all this getting just so mad like okay and then there was another scenario which happened i don't want to give you a chronological time frame for this kind of stuff because the details of this i don't i'm being honest with you when you're locked up you don't really know the time a sense of time basically we looked every now and then and i tried to avoid looking over in the girls area because i didn't want to have to deal with freaking getting in trouble or getting put in solitary again so what ended up happening was we ended up going back outside i remember this was after solitary and we they ended up sitting us down in the waiting area that was outside of the cell that we were originally at and then all of a sudden they just send everybody into the cell all at the same time which by the way we did a head count there were about 42 of us in there 42 43 all of us were just locked in a, a cell with no heat. It was, it was disgusting. And again, COVID is another example of what we have to deal with and stuff like that. So all of us were in there and I guess they were on lockdown, but like, even if this, even if that's a scenario that's justifiable because of a lockdown, this was not handled right because there was a whole other room that they could have put us in. And, and just been like, don't talk to the girls or something like that, you know? But this, there's just too damn many people in this room. There was too many people in this room. People were stinking. People were coughing. It was like, 
a hot ass room and some of the people that were in there were not protesters they were just people that were there from other stuff that they ended up doing meanwhile also side note there was a person in there and i keep forgetting his name too and he had some problem where his eardrums were blown out and nobody was helping him in regards to that they didn't even end up getting him like he needed some equipment or something for his ear to protect them and they didn't get that for him for whatever reason. And he, they put him in this loud echo chamber of a room for a really long time. And just anytime he would ask for some help, they would just kind of ignore it or something. And it wasn't until all of us emphasized, yo, we got to do something for this dude that they took him out for a little while and still didn't do anything. I don't know. Yeah. It, after this point, they started pulling people out one at a time to get bracelets so that way they can get bail. Like bail was, you know, like met and all this stuff. They were basically making sure that, you know, we're aware that our bail is met and we're going to be good to go. And it'll only be a little while. So it was like every two hours they were reminding us, oh, we'll be out soon. You'll be out soon, blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, I'm seeing certain people getting orange jumpsuits put on them while we're there. And again, I still don't know what's happening because these guys are getting orange jumpsuits. Some people are not. And there's not a lot of communication happening. And then they ended up telling us finally, the ones who are not put in orange jumpsuits are the ones that are going that have met bail and are ready to get out. And there are multiple. There were like son, tons of us, but we were still there, so it didn't make a difference. So why the hell were they given these orange jumpsuits, really? Because none of us were going anywhere. We it wasn't in, like we were all leaving at the same time. People were changing clothes and leaving at the same time. You know what I'm saying? And I still got people that are in there. I know I have people that are in there right now. I told everybody that I spoke to that they need to all like add me on Facebook, send me their story and any messed up details that they have in regards to what happened to them, they need to share it. You know what I'm saying? So I can let somebody know. Like there was a, <clears throat> there was a girl who ended up, they put a curtain up and all of us heard Ow, ow, stop, ow, ow, as she was in the processing area. And I guess she was given attitudes and problems and freaking out a little bit and giving them issues. None of us know what happened in the curtain area, but they know that they were going through this processing stuff. After the processing or whatever, they ended up grabbing her by her arm and basically, basically carrying her upstairs. I don't know what ended up ha happening after that, but there was like everybody was speculating, oh, they were beating her and blah, 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 whooping her and whatever. I don't know. You know, I don't want to assume anything in that sense, but I know that there was a curtain put up in front of her and we weren't able to see what was happening. You know what I'm saying? Like we were, there's the window right here. Processing was to the right of us. All of us were looking in that direction and some bald cop put that thing up in front of us and then we just heard what we heard. And again, leave it up to speculation. I'm not assuming anything. I was put into solitary confinement again because towards the end of it, I just freaked out because... You know, I'm looking at a trans girl who has been locked up for however long in these cells. I'm looking at my friend crying next to me because he's freaking out over the fact that he wants to see his mom. He's younger than me. He's like 22 years old. And he's he's just not handling the idea of not knowing when he's going to get out, you know? And he's still probably in there. He could be in there right now. Calvin. Calvin Gravy, which I'm worried about, by the way. Um, one of my best friends. And... I have other friends that are in there and I'm looking at their eyes all blotchy that are, are girls 
and I'm afraid that they're freaking crying over something that they ended up going through in there. I don't know what's happening. You know, I lost it. I freaked out and I was just like, this is BS. This is not right. You guys are finessing us out of our time. You guys are, you know, you guys are like just wasting my time here. You're because she was just, they were just making so many excuses. It just kept making me so mad. And I don't care about your IT problems. You know what I'm saying? Even if it is an IT problem that's out of their hands, people's bail was posted. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this is stupid. So essentially like, and again, this, that's what they're telling us. But again, I'm hearing from other people who are calling in to try and pay bail that they're just refusing to take credit and refusing to take cash or making it so whoever that needs to be there in order to take the cash is not there. So why are we waiting so long? And I just lost it. So they put me back in isolation and I ended up getting put with, or three dudes who they seem pretty cool. One of them was in an orange jumpsuit. Other one, he was about to leave. And other one was another protester who's with us as well. And we all got out at essentially the same time. But they told me that, and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want this to be a situation where it's like this would be relevant really because we don't know that this would be it. But when you go and say, oh, yeah, they do that all the time, they'll put people in front of other people and, you know, attack them and stuff and try and justify it. Like that makes you worried for another person no matter what. So I started getting emotional towards the end of everything, sitting and listening to the fact that that could happen with one of these cops and somebody and we don't know what's going on especially because bear is up there and we didn't see that dude that was on that bike at all you know what i'm saying and there was that girl who had- the bike i think his name is mark vendrosic yeah how is he is he good have you heard he anything posted some social media that with okay. uh pictures of his like facial wounds and body wounds so i think he is out good. he was placed good. under house arrest by opd wow wow how why like you know why would you do that? Yeah, he, they placed him under house arrest. I think that they're requiring him to see a judge. Uh, Jordan, can I? Did any of you? Did any of you who were arrested on the bridge or detained on the bridge see a judge? No. In the holding cell that they had you in, where you estimated maybe forty-two people. Forty-two, forty-two, forty-three. Approximately, how much room did you have per person there? How close was everyone together? Not six feet. Definitely not, not six feet. Definitely Hell. not six feet. No way. Did the, did the correction officers explain to you that they were on lockdown because of a COVID outbreak? They did not say that at all. They not did they give you masks? They did give us masks. They did. they did give us masks. Yeah. They made us wear the orange masks. So, Were you given water when you were... I mean... you. Were you were people eventually given water? Eventually, the thing is, is in the waiting area you were fine, but if you were in solitary, you did not get any water at all. Did they give you anything to eat? Uh, yeah, they ended up all right. So breakfast was one sausage, two pieces of bread, and cornflakes with sugar packets. Two two sugar packets. Obviously, you know it's typical jail stuff. And then for lunch, it was like a sandwich with cheese and old carrots and yeah. And milk or an orange juice and orange juice. Well, I know you have to get going. I did want to ask, is there 
when your bill was paid, was it one of the organizations we've been hearing about that helped pay your bail that you want to give a shout out to? A N C L or NLC, Nebraska Coalition. Y'all, Nebraska Left Coalition. Y'all are amazing. I want to give a shout out to Pro Black because Pro Black is what is pushing for all this. I want to give a specific shout out to Bear Grylls because Bear Grylls, that's not his name. I don't remember what his last name is again, but Bear, you are awesome. And you are a, an inspiration and I, you make me want to push harder. And I want to give a shout out to, I, I got a lot of people I want to give a shout out individually, but I'll but just say everybody out here, ACAB. And what that means is not the people, it is about the system behind them. And I also want to say that the every single thing, y'all got to remember one thing. Nothing has changed. We still have things to fight for that has not been, Jake Gardner is still out there. You know what I'm saying? Like something needs to happen before we stop. So if you're thinking about slowing this momentum at all, and when you see people like us who are incarcerated for nothing and just remember what the purpose of us going through this was. We were walking on the street, exercising our First Amendment rights, cornered and assaulted by police officers. Who do you call? You can't call the cops in that situation. You're just detained. It's illegally attain- detaining us, basically, because how, how are you going to say obstru- or obstruction of justice? It, or it was something like refusing to disassemble or something of the sort. But how can we do that when we were locked? How, how can we do that when we are blocked off in, in, a, in a bridge from both sides? So like, I'm a, I, I, I wanna just say my ending statement, no matter what is, this is a situation that could have been solved if they would have at least taken the time to, even the cops were able to look at the situation and, and looked at it from a humanistic perspective. Like some of these rules, they didn't even need to implement because they knew people were going through things that would could cause further harm to them. Like that dude with his ear, all of those things taken into account because if they cared about us and if all cops, if there are good cops, they wouldn't make the decision to still do those things morally knowing that that happened, knowing that these people will get hurt more. That is why all cops are bad because the system if they are indoctrinated into believing that their system is worth them doing these things to us. And it is not. We did not deserve to be treated like that. I did not deserve to go through what I did. Calvin did it. Bear did it. None of us deserved that at all. At all. Well, Jordan, I will let you get on with your night. I'm so grateful that Appreciate you told your story. Thank you. I'm Thank you. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you guys listening. And I hope everybody, no matter what state, stay throughout all this. I know it's going to be crazy. Just please, everybody, be safe no matter what. So, thank you. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks, Jordan. Take care, guys. Thank you. So, Natalie, you picked up where Jordan's story ends. You have been part of the bail process outside of the jail, trying to get people out. Can you tell us about that? You know, I've been I've been involved with some bail efforts in Lincoln, and then and then also a little bit in Omaha more recently. What would you like me to focus on? Well, let's start with kind of what was happening with the process of getting people like Jordan out in this instance. 
And then maybe like, how is it different from what you experienced in Lincoln? Sure. I was at home Saturday evening watching some of the, uh, the live streams of, of the March. Uh, several, several acquaintances and friends were, were there. Uh, and I was watching lots of different angles. And I was kind of tuning in and out. You know, most of the March looked a lot like what some of the more recent marches in Lincoln looked like. The police were following at a respectful distance. They were sort of, uh, there were a couple of squad cars who were coming around just ahead of the march, but on the side streets to block off the the intersection side streets so that no cars would come in front of or, or through the marchers, right? So for large stretch of that demonstration, it appeared that OPD was giving the demonstrators their their space to walk through the street and were only there as sort of a passive kind of crowd slash traffic control force, you know, just trying to make sure that cars weren't were crossing through the pass of the paths of the of the march. And I tuned out, you know, I I, I went on to a couple of other things and, and just sort of periodically was coming back. It looked like the march was, it, it looked like that, you know, they, they were definitely making their voices heard. They were um, taking up the, the width of the street and it looked like OPD was allowing that to to happen. And then uh, I got tagged in uh, Jazari Cool's live stream of the event for, for um, Qualdom Creations. And uh, I tuned in and realized that there were a bunch of people in zip ties. So I, I went back uh, on some of that video and what OPD did, I mean, the videos speak for themselves, right? You can clearly see exactly what happens. And what OPD did was absolutely malicious. This, these 150 to 200 protesters, they, they were taking up the street, but there was no traffic. They weren't impeding anything. They, the, the length of the protest was less than a city block, right? So it wasn't, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It wasn't an impediment to anything that was going on downtown. And they waited until the back of that march reached onto the Farnham Street Bridge. And as soon as that happened, as soon as that happened, they they got blocked off both sides of the bridge and then started screaming at the protesters to disperse. Well, you know, where are they supposed to go? Obviously, you can clearly see Mark Landrasic moving his bicycle to the front of the protesters uh, in, in many of those videos. He gets close to a police officer. The police officer yanks him off of his bike and kind of shoves him into another police officer. And then Mark tries to turn and walk away and he's immediately rushed and taken to the ground. And as soon as the police rush him and take him to the ground, then the other officers around them start immediately screaming at the protesters to back up and they start firing their pepper bullets. Uh, And it was, you know, it was, it was pretty clear that OPD wanted to create a situation where they could arrest absolutely everyone who was in that march that they they wanted to do it and they waited for the opportunity where they could corral those people so that no one could run away and they they knew that they were going to be crossing that bridge and they they waited for it to happen and um you know that's a really disturbing thing 
to to see live like that. Um, I uh, I knew last night that I was going to be up this morning to go and be posting some bail for some people and uh, or, or collecting funds to post some bail for some people. And I, I got to the Douglas County Corrections Facility a little after one, I want to say, or maybe a little bit before one, a little after 1 p.m. today. Um, and there were several people uh, waiting outside on the lawn there, the correctional facility that there are people in lockup and they were, they were waiting. There was a lot of speculation and sort of conflicting reports on what was going on inside. There were some people talking about how the corrections facility had told people outside that there was, that their system needed to do a routine reset, that they were having computer issues, that they were having printer issues, that, you know, the story kept changing and everybody outside had heard something different from the corrections officers inside. And then we started getting some reports that people's bails were really inflated. You know, you heard Jordan say that his bail was $500. There were some people talking about how maybe some people had bail in excess of $1,000 that were in there waiting. Local media started reporting um, police quotations saying that people had been arrested because there was the potential for the protest to turn violent. And then they they were arrested for um, what was the term that they used? Um, potentially, for potentially avoiding arrest, potentially resisting arrest. That's not exactly what it was, but it, you You're know, right. it wasn't. It wasn't and that they had resist, Yeah, yeah. It wasn't <laughs> that they had resisted arrest. It was that they might have resisted arrest, and you know that was what the charges were. Uh, so it, it OPD. It, it is hard to draw any other conclusion right now, other than OPD acted maliciously with the intent to create a situation where they would be able to lock up everyone. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of young people in in that march. There were uh, a handful of media individuals in that march. They were put in zip ties. They were sat down on the sidewalk on that bridge. They were sitting there for in excess of 90 minutes. Uh, there was reports of when people started showing up to the correction facility that they were sat down in the parking lot outside of intake and were there in their zip ties for more hours, like multiple hours, two, three hours. I was hearing some people talking about how they were not brought into the correction facility and beginning their booking process until four or 5 a.m. And then, you know, they're, they're crowded into these crowded holding cells. They're, you know, OP, the corrections facility are, are telling them, well, it's going to be a couple hours. It's going to be a couple hours. It's going to be a couple hours. They're not telling, you know, so that the, the story that the people who had been locked up were getting told and the story that the people who were outside trying to post bail were being told were very different. And uh, it just, it definitely, um, it definitely seems like a situation where the Omaha police department, I think has decided that, um, that they don't really care that these people are protesting legitimate things and that they are, they are just looking for, for reasons to arrest people and uh, to, to, to inflate their arrest charges so that their bail can be as high as possible and to create roadblocks for them to be able to get out in a timely manner. I, I mean, it, it definitely has the appearance of, of police intimidation and harassment and, and it doesn't appear to be based on anything um, 
even remotely legitimate for an arresting charge. Um, Natalie, Natalie, oh, yeah. That um, do you think everybody's bail was about five hundred dollars? Jordan said his was. Well, it's hard for me to say for certain. I I don't know. Um, do you think that sounded uh, high or that sounded about right? That sounds really high to me. Really, really high. Um, at the end of May and the beginning of June here in Lincoln, there were people who were charged with violating curfew, uh, the mayor's curfew order, and a, and a few people who were charged with vandalism for throwing rocks or, or doing things like that. And we were we were seeing bail being at about a hundred dollars, right? April, and so, what was your question? Well, I was gonna. I just want to know: Were you able to get some people out, and were you working with a certain organization? Oh, sure. Well, Nebraska Left Coalition was there. It was their bail effort that we were supporting. Okay. Um, I was able to bring a thousand dollars from Lincoln this morning to them. Uh, when I got there, they informed me that they were pretty confident that they had enough cash to get everyone out who was there, and uh, that they um, were not in immediate need of any more money. That they were in a good spot. Uh, and it, it's, they, the entire time that I was there, which was probably around two hours or maybe a little bit more, um, Nebraska left coalition seemed very confident that they had the means and the money to be able to, to get everyone that was locked up out. Uh, and while I was there, I was able to witness Jordan and a, and a handful of other people. Jordan was actually among the very first people to be released earlier this afternoon. I think that he got out some, sometime around two thirty. um, and he was one of the first. And then there was a there was a handful more that got left out, let out before I left um, later in the afternoon. So they were starting to trickle out while I was there. And we were hearing some reports from people coming out that uh, that uh, the people inside were being told that everyone was going to be released before the end of this evening, before midnight. Whether or not any of these reports are truthful or not, you know, there was. There was a lot of conflicting stories from people. You know, everyone was on the phone with their loved ones or with people who were hearing other things. And there was a lot of a lot of crosstalk and people saying, well, it sounds like A is happening. And then someone would come in and be like, I don't know, it's actually B, you know. And so there, there was definitely some confusion. Um, and you know, I, the thing that I think is really important is, you know, for those listening along, we don't have to do it this way. So if... Right. If we believe as a society that if you shut down the street and you're marching through it, which of course is inconvenient if you're trying to go on that street and you're not part of the protest. So let's say we need to have some sort of framework around disincentivizing that type of marching. They could do it through um, ticketing. They could do it. They don't have to do it through this very violent, um, we zip tie you for hours on end. We put you in jail. We cram you into holding cells. We give you punitive solitary confinement punishment, which we know have long-term trauma impact on people. Um, and I really will be having Jordan in my thoughts for a good while. Um, and, and then charging them $500 is a lot of money. That is the amount of money it takes for somebody's rent is what they charged for somebody who was not guilty, who was walking in the street. I mean, 
there are better ways to handle this. There are better ways to disincentivize walking in the street that don't involve um, very, very significant penalties on bodies, on finances, on psyches. It's just not necessary. And, and just, just to be clear, we did not hear about anyone being cited or ticketed or charged for walking in the street. They were, they were, they were charged with potentially resisting arrest, potentially being violent, you know, it, maybe kind of, sort of stuff, right? No one, there was no talk from anyone about being charged with, with obstructing a public right of way, you know, which is technically what they were doing. For but again, you know, context here, which I think it's, it's always important when you go down the funnel, if you're looking at systemic problems, if you are experiencing intimate partner violence and you think there is very real likelihood that harm will come to your person or to your children, if you call law enforcement to help, they will say, well, if they haven't done anything, then there's nothing we can do. But when we're looking at this protest of um, people who are angry about police violence, and then it's, they might erupt and do something that we don't yeah. like. So we have to we gotta prevent this. Their life. Yeah, it's what they want to prevent, not what <laughs> maybe needs to be yeah, prevented, a la domestic violence. It's just supremely ironic because last night's protest, well, last night's march in Omaha was about James Spurlock being murdered. You know, the OPD decided that James's murderer, who had actually committed an act, was was free to leave you know and, and, and then these, these and it was never charged it was never actually even detained you know and but these these people who were peaceful who were not engaging in any property destruction who were less than a, a city block long who were not meanfully obstructing anyone's um free movement were we trying to just go back to their cars who were just trying to go back to their cars. They were just a couple of blocks away. Their process was winding down. They were on their way back home. And, uh, you know. Well, Natalie, so if people out there are shocked and they want to help, what should they, can they still donate to the Nebraska Left Coalition? I'm sure this is not can. the first bail fund night needed. Uh, and it's not going to be the last. Yeah. Um, they can. They're they can on all the social media. Is that right? Facebook. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, check out Nebraska Left Coalition. They uh, their um, PayPal link is has been circulated. Um, uh, PayPal, feel free to make a donation to PayPal. the The PayPal account for Nebraska Left Coalition was frozen earlier today. PayPal will do that when there's a large influx of donations. It's part of their fraud prevention uh, protocol, um, but. Nebraska Left Coalition is going to be, that, that money is going to be made available to them. It's just going to take a little bit of extra time. So uh, if anybody's heard any reports about how their PayPal account is frozen, that's a temporary thing, and you can still feel safe to make donations there. Um, Nebraska ACLU is offering legal assistance um, for, for anybody who, who feels like they need it. They're, they're offering to help with um, lawyers' fees. They're offering to help with potential post-convention settlement.
side pardons and some other uh, legal aid for individuals who are arrested during these protests and they need some donations. And also Black and Pink, which is an LGBT plus advocacy organization for, for incarcerated LGBT, LGBT plus individuals uh, has also offered uh, legal support and, and, um, and guidance for, for LGBT individuals who are, who are rounded up in these, these arrests during these, um, these demonstrations. So all three of those organizations are really worthwhile places to send your money. And all three of those organizations are absolutely committed to helping everybody who's who's part of this this national social demonstration um, who who happen to live in our state. Uh, and uh, yeah, so if you want to give money, those three organizations are great places to do it. Uh, if you feel like money maybe isn't uh, something that's that's you, you can't give money, you're not in a financial position to do so share video, live video of Qualdon Creations, of, of pro-black, of, of anybody you see in, in Lincoln or in Omaha who are, who are videoing and, and documenting these demonstrations, share those things so as many people possible can see them, see what's going on. If you feel like you're ready to put your body on the line, definitely go and join them, right? So there's, there's a lot of things that people can do. Um, and called uh, on creations that he is a very interesting person. Uh, Juzari Kamal, he was on the Seeing Red podcast a couple episodes ago. So anyone can check that out if you want to learn more about him. But he's on the front lines and he was detained last yes. night. And you can actually see his, um, you can see his detainment. And you can also see the extreme hurdle to convince that he was actually media. And uh, you can see that the law enforcement was very hard on him and said his credentials weren't good enough. They said his, even though he's wearing all his branded clothes, that's not good enough. Like basically because he wasn't sitting in the media spot where police like media to be, then he wasn't, um, that's not being careful enough. You can't actually cover an event from in the event is according to Omaha police. Uh, so he had some really good, social media last night yeah um natalie are you reading anything interesting right now am i reading anything interesting yeah any good books <laughs> uh no <laughs> no uh, i uh i i am uh very focused on uh local advocacy right now uh, that that is where my energy and focus is and unfortunately it's taken up a lot of time uh, you know, so I, I do, I do have a little bit of time to spend with some friends here and there. Um, and I, I try to do so. Uh, and I, I play with my dog when he insists on it. Um, but no, there's not a, not a whole lot of, um, leisure time in my schedule at the moment, unfortunately. Well, we appreciate you coming on the pod. Yeah. And we hope you come back and talk to us when you have other things going on. Like you're Absolutely. a candidate. We got, we'll do a whole thing around that. So we'll, <laughs> well talk about that another day. We didn't have time today. That sounds um, great. All right. Well, thanks for coming, Natalie. Bye. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you, Natalie. You've been listening to Seeing Red Nebraska, Politics from the Left. Seeing Red is a group blog edited by citizen volunteers and entirely devoted to Nebraska politics. You can support us on Patreon with a $5, $10, or $20 a month donation. Be sure to check us out at seeingrednebraska.com and on Facebook and Instagram. 
You can also follow us on Twitter at SeeingRedNE or contact us via email at SeeingRedNE at ProtonMail.com. Thank you.